Do you think they'll ever make an Avatar Land? I mean, they already have at Disney World. Are you talking about the blue people the one? The blue people one. Mm. I went to a kind of like an Avatar, the last Airbender Land. Oh, I remember that. In Minneapolis at the mall. Mm-hmm. I bought a stuffed red panda. Or a... <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of their team. The Fire Ferrets. It's the mascot of the Fire Ferrets. Yeah. The Fire Ferret. I've named that panda like three times and I've forgotten the name. God damn it, the Fire Ferret! <laughs> I love seeing Avatar clumped in and bunched in with the rest of the Nicktoons at like resorts and stuff because it's just so jarring. Yeah, it's like seeing Death Note at like Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah, or Star Wars at Disneyland. You you got like your SpongeBob and you got Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner and then some anime looking dude. It's widely debated whether or not this show is actually an anime. It's animated. When I was in Japan for a while, I was talking about this with several people because I was starting to get very confused because I would tell them that I liked anime and they'd be like, (laughs) okay, because that's just like their word for cartoons. I like movies, you know, you know, Star Wars, Godfather. I'm here because I like movies. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely technically an anime. And so is Adventure Time and unfortunately Family Guy. The views expressed in my pod cabbages are not necessarily reflected upon what the uh, opinions of my pod we're cabbages is. We're self-employed. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, we're not employed at all. We're working for free for ourselves. We can do anything because we're not making money. So I can just start singing more than six seconds of a song. Uh, what's a song? What's a song? For $5, name a song. Chesting. Chesting. <laughs> what? Love that Pokemon. Why did I say that? Chesting! I would love a Pokemon named Testing. Testing! <laughs> testing! <laughs> testing! <laughs> test, test! Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcabbages, a podcast about Avatar The Last Airbender. Your favorite one, probably. I doubt you listen to any other ones. I'm Noah. I'm Summer. What's your name? Summer. I'm Noah. (laughs) Noah. Shit, Summer. Good. (laughs) Gotcha. Today we're talking about episode seven of the first season, also known as the Spirit World Winter Solstice Part One. Avatar The Last Airbender Book One Water Chapter Seven The Spirit World Winter Solstice Part One. I've literally already said all of that. We can just edit that together like on top of each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just really dissonant. It sounds like a like a court attorney citing a super obscure law. According to Avatar The Last Airbender Book One, Chapter Seven, the Spirit World Winter Solstice Part One. Clause five. Clause five. There's a stipulation that I've found. I have one fact today. Okay, give me the ultimate fact. Uh Iroh. Iroh was originally intended to be a double agent who eventually betrays Zuko. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, it's an interesting fact, but I'm glad that they didn't do it that way because that would have been a very boring twist. It's nice to know that he's just a genuine kind of honest person. Yeah, he's always true to himself and his beliefs, standards, and morals, Mm -hmm. which is great. I love Iroh. This is a good Iroh episode. The episode opens with a mysterious red bird flying overhead. I don't know if we've really seen these yet, but it's one of the Fire Nation's messenger hawks. Katara is looking out over the landscape and she sees all of these fluffy clouds and she's like, I would love to just lie in one. I feel like they could just support my weight. Aang's like, let's find out. And he just jumps off and jumps into one of the clouds. Clouds. Are they fluffy? Let's find out. 
Do they know things? <laughs> um, he comes back sopping wet. And he's like, turns out clouds are made of water. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why didn't Katara immediately think water? Water? Does someone say water? Aang does like a little air ball explosion to dry himself off. The whole thing is just like this little bit for Aang and he's like having a bunch of fun time. Sokka and Katara are just looking at him with a very blank face. Aang's bits are not funny to them anymore. (laughs) He's getting a little old. Down below they see this big... um, I mean, it's a, it's like a scar in the forest. That's the only way I can describe it. And then Sokka describes it that way, too. He mm-hmm. says, it looks like a scar. There's like this huge chunk of forest kind of missing. It's all blackened and scarred. <laughs> they fly down to the ground to check it out. And Sokka gets really upset, like realizing oh, he sees like firebender tracks. And he's like, the firebenders have been here. They destroy everything. I hate them so much. And it's like very justified, especially because, you know, they've really fucked up Sokka's life specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Katara sees Aang sort of off pouting in the corner. And she's like, Sokka, chill out a little bit. Looks like Aang's having a moment. Katara walks over to Aang and asks him what's what's up. And he seems really upset about... Um, the just the prospect of the firebenders being able to get away with what they've done and Aang seems to be taking personal responsibility for it. And Katara tries to comfort him saying, oh, it has nothing to do with you. Um, and Aang is like, no, uh, actually it's the Avatar's job to take care of nature and I've really fucked up. Like, <laughs> I really dropped the ball on this one. Aang mentions Monk Gyatso. He says that Gyatso told... Aang Roku would help him with this kind of stuff. And as soon as he mentions Gatso, Momo shows up. He yeah. jumps into his lap. So just a little more uh, evidence to the, <laughs> you know. You know. You know. You know. Zuko's looking for Iroh. He finds him in a little hot springs that Iroh sort of crafted himself. It looks to be just kind of like a little springs area with little pools and he heated them with his own breath so they're just the right temperature. He invites Zuko in for a bath because he looks stressed. He's like, come take a dip. And Zuko's like, my troubles cannot be soaked away. (laughs) I feel like if I could be any bender, airbending sounds fun, but maybe a firebender because that just sounds the most convenient. You don't have to heat anything up ever again. You do, but you just do it yourself. Yeah. That sounds like more work. Yeah, I'd rather be an airbender then. <laughs> Iroh is sitting in this little hot springs and he's like, he's ripped like yeah. to, to shreds. Not like a traditionally ripped, but he's like, his skin is like tight on his muscles. He's got huge muscles. Yeah. He's not quite swole, but he's definitely a muscular being. I would appreciate it if you would stop using that word. Zuko is like eager to keep going to find Aang. It looks like he just probably got a little bit of information from the little hawk that was flying overhead recently. Mm -hmm. So he thinks he knows where Aang is and he wants Iroh to get out of his little bath so that they can get going. And Iroh stands up and Zuko's like, never mind, you can just uh, chill here for a minute because he's, uh, I'm guessing Zuko is like a never nude maybe. (laughs) Yeah, we do get a scene where Zuko is like swimming in the water and he's wearing jorts, like a full outfit swimming in the water later in the season. He tells him that he's going to give him half an hour and then he's going to come back to get him. And if he's not ready, he's leaving without him. So Iroh like relaxes back and he like, puts his he puts his hands behind his behind his head and you get to see Iroh's armpits which are <laughs> clean shaven. Do we see any armpit hair in this show? I don't think it's allowed to exist in like anime. <laughs> the same thing like kind of lips. You're not allowed to know that people have lips. No lips, no armpit hair, no nipples. No dicks. No nipples is the weirdest thing. When I'm watching like Paprika. Okay. Was that like censored? Or it's was been it, like 15 years since I've I seen it. I remember there was a scene in Paprika where there's like this big naked woman going around and 
she didn't have any nipples. I don't know if she, I was watching like a weird censored version. No, no, no. It's always like that. If you've seen any anime where there's like girls in a bath, they get out and they don't have nipples. That's just the way they do it. <laughs> it's like having a hand, but it's like, oh, we can't show the fingers. No fingers. It's like, why do we have these? Katara's asking Aang if he's ready to be cheered up. And he says, <laughs> she's like, are you ready to be cheered up? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> mood he's definitely oh man we haven't done like an enneagram kind of thing for them but i would definitely say he's like an individual like a type four because they just love being sad mm-hmm. ang is 12 which is like prime moodiness time she just chucks an acorn at his head <laughs> wrong answer <laughs> wrong she could have just peacefully brought it over but she decided to throw it at him for some reason you, you can't get ang out of his moods gently. You got to snap him out of it. Sokka's like, <laughs> that cheered me up. <laughs> but she throws an acorn at him too, just for fun. She's just throwing shit now. But she picks up the acorn and like sort of shows it to Aang and she tells him every one of these acorns is going to be a big old tree someday. So you can, you can chill like the forest is going to grow back and that really works for him. He snaps out of his sadness. He's like, Oh yeah, you're right. This old man shows up. He mentions the bison and then like my attention is immediately drawn to the bison who is in this scene as he's walking up and the, (laughs) the weird drawn perspective of the scene makes Appa look like he's tiny just like a little he's, dog yeah he's dog sized one of those uh what, what are they called like burn bernstein dogs <laughs> the ones that like go up in the mountains and they have like little jugs of cider on their neck is it cider what do they bring with them this was on mythbusters because they tested it it's supposed to be alcohol because it technically makes you feel warmer but it only makes you feel that and i'm thanks but the old man says that he needs he desperately needs the help of the avatar so he brings the gang back to the village he introduces the avatar to the rest of the people in the the town noah did you did you watch evangelion oh is it pronounced that way why would you say that i've been saying evangelitan this whole time Gelatin? Evan Gelatin. No, you haven't. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Have you seen it? Um, I've seen the movies and the first six episodes. Okay, so not a lot. Did you ever watch the end of Evangelion? I have not. Oh, what are they called? The Evas in that bit that are called... Um, this is just by memory. Mm-hmm. I think they were like... The mass production Evas or like the mass produced Evas or something like that. Yeah. I'll come right back to this. Okay. The old man is explaining that there's a spirit that's attacking the city. The monster is attacking the village every night. It's been like a few days and every time it comes, it it takes one of the villagers away. I think it's taken three so far. Yeah. They said the last three nights. They call it Heibai, the black and white spirit. Hey, Summer. Yes. Here's a joke for you. Okay. What's black and white and looks like the Cloverfield monster and a face that looks like the Rorschach test and has two sets of arms and only pointy teeth and phase teleports everywhere and has a Godzilla laser mouth? Heibai, the black and white spirit? Heibai, the black and white spirit of the forest. How is that a joke? I looked it up. I translated it. I got an incorrect translation. Okay. But it said, he ib love. <laughs> he ib love. He ib love. Or not to and be love and be beloved. <laughs> but there is an actual translation for this. Do, do you want to know what it is? What's the actual translation for hey bye? Black, white. <laughs> <laughs> black, white. The black and white spirit. <laughs> Another little fun fact about Heibai is that although he is, uh, spoilers, a panda, technically, Mm -hmm. the totem, the little statue that they have for him is modeled after a brown bear. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) And here's the most important fact that I have about Heibai. Okay. His monster form is based almost exactly off of these mass-produced, mass-production Evas <laughs> in End of Evangelion. I'm going to look up images of this. They based it off of this because they apparently were both big fans of the show. 
This old man is... Okay, first of all, I'm going to keep calling him an old man because there was no other description for him in the wiki for some reason. Mm. I'm not sure if he's just some random guy who lives in this town or if he's, like, actually important. We can just assume he's the mayor. We can assume he's the mayor. The mayor explains that it's getting kind of urgent because the winter solstice is approaching. And apparently at the solstice, uh, the two, the spirit world and like the mortal, like physical world sort of come together. They meet at that point, which is when any spirits who were traveling into the mortal physical world would be their most powerful. So it's like, we got to get this guy out of here. This is bad. And they assume, reasonably so, that the Avatar would be the perfect person to take care of this issue because he's supposed to be the bridge between the spirit world and the the regular world. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole point of the Avatar. That's where the name Avatar Who comes could from. could possibly help us with this spirit coming into the human world? Katara pulls Aang aside and she's like, you look uncomfortable. What's going on? He's like, I don't know shit about the spirit world, dude. I don't know anything. <laughs> she looks dumbfounded like, what? <laughs> That's what, you, okay. And he's like, there's nobody to teach me. How would I know any of this? Yeah. Katara and Sokka have not seemed to have asked Aang how much he knows. And Aang has not exactly told them that he doesn't really know anything about being the Avatar. He hasn't done any training or anything I or have to, any lessons. I have to assume he's like kind of self-conscious about it though too. Yeah. Like that's the reason that he was kind of running off from this. He's like, I'm not ready. I don't get it. I don't want it. I don't mm-hmm. need this in my life. And it seems very it would be very out of character for him to just offer up that information. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty that's good writing to be honest. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do as the avatar and at this point he's too afraid to ask. But he says, "Well, maybe it will just come to me." And then as soon as he says that, Momo just comes to him and hops on his shoulder. More strong spirity suggestions spiritsuggest.tumblr.com your lemur is a human man he says i have to try to help these people and katara believes in him she thinks yeah you're right you know i I think you can handle it you've been pretty capable up to this point and sokka's like we're gonna die (laughs) this is not gonna work Mm -hmm. out it appears that iroh has fallen asleep as he does Mm -hmm. as you do if you're iroh he's oh uh awakened i guess by a wrestling there's a bit of a, a commotion in the forest. Mm-hmm. A rustling. Should I have said awoken? Awaken? He woke up. He's woke. And then this tiny little mouse-looking creature appears on the edge of his little hot spring. And he's like, oh, a meadow vole. I should have known. <laughs> this vole is trying to warn him of something. It's like oh. jumping up and down like very very urgently like it's trying to help him which is wild but it's very sweet what is it lassie should have started ratatouing him out of the <laughs> hot springs <laughs> the vole jumps up onto iroh's head and just like pulls him out with his mm-hmm. hair earthbenders appear out of the forest though and they trap iroh in some rocks and they give us some handy exposition for iroh they say, uh, oh, this is the Fire Lord's brother, which I think we knew already at this point. Of course, because it's mm-hmm. Zuko's uncle. So if you just so do the math backwards. which side of the family right. Zuko's uncle is. The once great General Iroh, the Dragon of the West, uh, by a totally bizarre coincidence. Like, don't ask me about it. But, uh, I mean, it's a long story, but that's what they call me too. So they take him prisoner. They take him prisoner. Aang wanders out of the little uh, building that he's in to find and comfort Heibai. He's just kind of walking around the town, like, talking to himself, basically, loudly. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's up, guy? Hey, it's me. I'm the Avatar, apparently. I'm ready to do some balance stuff. And you should uh, just chill out, man. It's fine. Go back to whatever you do for fun. 
picking apples and picking spirit apples, playing spirit solitaire, uh, watching the movie Spirit, the DreamWorks movie Spirit. That's what spirits do in there with a yellow horse. Yeah, drink spirits, um, seances. Watch only the spiritual successors of movies. Ang's just being very ambiguous how he wants to approach his spirit. He's like, come out. Let me talk to you. Get out of here. Never come here again. I just want to talk. Leave. Get out of here. Don't come back. What's up? Uh, How's it going? At some point, he just kind of walks to the front of the city and he's like, okay, 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 okay. Everyone, shh, 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 shh. Okay, 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 okay. Leave and never come back. And then he does like a spinny thing with his staff and he's like, Nice. I'm so good at solving problems. And then he just like walks back like he's done. <laughs> Close sesame. Then, the, but then Avi does actually show up. This fucking terrifying Evangelion monster. God, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's really scary. It's more terrifying than the actual Evangelion monster. I have to agree with this, yes. Aang just calmly turns around to look at it and he's like, you must be the the Hey spirit. My name is... He's <laughs> interrupted by this very loud it's this scream. very ethereal sounding and it's shooting lasers all over its mouth. The spirit just completely ignores him and starts destroying the town. It's phase shifting through... Like, really quickly, it's, like, jolting around. It's genuinely scary. It's very, like, I'm going to say this is ha- this has to be, like, one of the most scariest things that I've ever seen in, like, fiction at all. I do remember, like, watching this as a kid thinking, I don't want to watch this, this anymore. Is, this is a nightmare creature. And it's very surprising how... They got this onto Nickelodeon with just episode six. That's like one of the things I like about this show, though, is like it it's not it's clearly not meant for little tiny kids. It's like there's there's a little more going on in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then we see the air quotes mayor and he's like, the avatar's methods are unusual. <laughs> what I do like about this creature is that it's got it walks on four legs like a normal thing, but it has like two little arms in the front that just, they don't even reach the ground. They just kind of dangle around most of the time. Like a, uh, like a T-Rex. Yeah, like a T-Rex. Or it's kind of like how lobsters, if you look at them, if you look at them little arms, they got little arms just right next to their face. Them's arms are for hugging. God, that's so cute. Rawr. <laughs> Um, Sokka sees Aang out there like suffering and he wants to help the others think that Aang can handle it but Aang is out there and he's just being rude to Heibai Heibai just backhands him off of a building (laughs) Sokka's like I've had enough I'm gonna go out and help him so he runs out does an Obi-Wan pose he's like we'll fight him together and Aang's like I don't want to fight him unless I and then Sokka's abducted well, Sokka throws a boomerang at its butt first. Yeah, well, he he tries to attack it, and Aang is obviously trying to take like an a, like a peaceful approach. Yeah, um, this is the first time that um, the boomerang physics, probably the only time in this show that the boomerang physics are believable. The believable boomerang physics of the boomerang not coming back. I wanted to point out though, like the fact that Aang's been trying to approach this peacefully. And then as soon as Sokka hits it violently, it just abducts him and leaves. Okay. So, like, I was thinking, like, why doesn't the thing just take Aang? It's like Iron Giant rules. The other thing I was thinking, this is, I mean, it's not immediately related to this. We've, we've covered earlier that Aang likes the Iron Giant. This is a lot like um, Princess Mononoke, the spirit who's angry about... Mm. Actually, I'll get back to this. Okay. Princess Mononoke, keep that in your brain. It's in my brain for a long time. Katara looks really bummed that Sokka was kidnapped. It's like a pretty like quick scene, but like I felt it in my soul, the way mm-hmm. that she looks around just like, oh no. Sokka and Aang are gone. Well, Aang runs off after them. Zuko clearly gave Iroh more than 30 minutes. Yeah. It's dark out and Iroh's missing and he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Look, I'll look at your dick. Let's just go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Ira's not there. He said he would leave without him, but he came back anyways. He's worried. Yeah, he's worried that maybe Ira assumed that they left without him, which is Mm -hmm. just a really sad, like, uh, universe, like, an alternate synopsis where 
they did leave and Iroh just goes off on a journey of his own. Yeah. <laughs> they see the rocks sort of sticking up in the hot springs and one of the firebenders that are that are with him says, it looks like there's been a landslide and Zuko's like, land doesn't slide, you idiot. Land doesn't slide. Land doesn't slide. You fool. You fucking Dumbo. It's the ground. It's It stays where it is. It's made of rock. It's made of staying. The earthbenders obviously did this. They can move the ground. We see Aang flying through the forest on his glider. This is a, another bit of a good animation because he's like actually running into trees and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he almost catches up to Sokka, but then Heibai takes him, takes Sokka into the spirit world. Just kind of disappears. And Aang lands by the bear statue. This big old statue of a bear. I, I'm not sure. Did they show it earlier in the, the episode? Yeah, it does. Yeah. He passes out or something, falls asleep, and then... Or something like that. He just wakes up, and everything is a little bit more blue. Mm. Weird. Yeah. It's as if we're in James Cameron's avatar. Oh. Big. Whoa. Big ostriches. Big, 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 big ostriches. They're bringing Iroh to face justice in Bossing Say. They have, uh, the earthbenders have taken Iroh clothesless on the back of one of these big ostriches and they're running off to, to Bossing Say. <laughs> I think about this, this is a very Moulin Rouge kind of a scene in my brain now that I'm thinking about it that way. What do you mean by that? I don't know. Like that scene in Lion King. Are there ostriches in Moulin Rouge? Sure. They're riding ostriches because there's no horses in this universe. Thank God. Thank God! There's a little bit more Iroh exposition in this scene. They say uh, that he once laid siege to Ba Sing Se for 600 days unsex unsuccessfully. Iroh doesn't seem to have any problem acknowledging his defeat. He was tired and he just wanted to go home anyway. My men were tired. I was tired. And I've been tired ever since. In and then he falls asleep. Yeah, he falls asleep. I'm just sitting there, yeah. falls off of the ostrich onto the ground. He's faking it. That's how you do a segue. What do I talk about to uh, transition to just me taking a nap? It was like, oh, that, I was tired. My, my men were very tired. I was tired. I'm tired right now. Good night. Oh, yes, Bossing Say, where we uh, sieged on... Uh, in cars that had tires, tires, tired, tired, sleeping time. When he's on the ground, uh, he, well, he, he gets pick, picked back up, put back on one of these ostriches, but he left a shoe behind. He left his flip-flop behind. Cinderella style. Modern AU. Ira would be wearing Crocs. You're right, but I don't like it. I think Iroh probably calls his flip-flops thongs. Is that a thing? Yeah, you know, old people, they call flip-flops thongs. I said Cinderella style, but now I'm thinking maybe it's more like a Hansel and Gretel style. Well, Cinderella left her shoe Hansel and Gretel style. No. No, she didn't. It was a uh, Hansel and Gretelella. Hansel and Footle, because it's a shoe. That... I'll let that pass. Back at the town, the old man is reassuring Katara at the entrance, saying, oh, Aang won't show back. It won't come back without Sokka. I'd be shocked. And who shows up? It's Aang without Sokka. Mm -hmm. But he's blue. He's a force ghost. <laughs> what if he was blue? <laughs> what is, is that from something? Yeah. What if it were purple? Tim, not Tim and Eric. Uh, the, 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 the other two Eric dudes. Andre and American Dream, American Dragon, Jake Long, Dante Basco, Zuko, <laughs> Sans Undertale, Hannibal Burris. That's it. I talked to Hannibal once on a fucking, what do you call those things? Periscope. Oh yeah. What was that say? I oh, don't remember, but. Was it, it was something about the, what are those? I don't remember, but he responded to something that I said on Periscope to him. Chris Hard, No. Wrong, not wrong, the bad Chris, not him. Astronaut. There's way too many Chris's. The Canadian astronaut. Chris Spaceman. Chris Spaceman. He, re he responded to one of my things on a Periscope. Remember Periscope? He was like, oh, what pudding should I get? And I said, the bread pudding sounds like it would be a disappointment. And this astronaut said, yeah. The bread pudding does sound like it would be a disappointment. 
I had touched an astronaut one time. So did you. We hugged an astronaut. We hugged an astronaut together. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Eiffel Tower situation. <laughs> That's the worst thing you've ever said on this show. Gotta keep up with City Girls. We, we are uh, curse-free. We, <laughs> we're the detox show. We're not supposed to. Aang tries to talk to the old man and Katara, but they can't see him. Ooh, Ooh. happy Halloween. (laughs) Oh my God, there's a witch here. (laughs) There's a ghost. I am ghost Chula. It's a ghoul vampire. I am ghoul Chula. Zuko finds Aru's shoe, immediately identifies it by the smell. That's the whole Zuko scene. (laughs) That's what it says in the script. Uh, How do you do script language? Enter, scene, scene, Zuko, smells shoe. Next scene. Aang is just kind of chilling in spirit form, talking some bullshit to Katara. Appa doesn't seem to be able to see Aang either, which I was kind of disappointed by, actually. I was expecting him to see him. Especially because it's his spirit guide. But I think it's like a good amount of restraint for the creators. Okay, but... I but feel- I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Earlier in the episode, Aang explicitly said, or no, I guess it's later in the episode, but he's he says explicitly, oh, that's uh, so-and-so's spirit guide, just like Appa is to me. <sighs> he says, Appa is my spirit guide, and Aang is in spirit form and Appa can't see him. What's up with that? That's true. I do like that every single animal can't see spirits. It's not like... It's a trope that happens a lot where it's like, oh, animals can see ghosts all the time. But Appa. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment, but Appa mm-hmm. specifically should yeah. be able to see. I don't care if Momo can't see him. And then Aang, in just some fit of inspiration, just walks over to the entrance of the town and just yells to no one, to nothing, out into the sky. He's like, Roku, help me, please. And then <laughs> immediately this fucking dragon appears out of nowhere. Blue dragon, white eyes. Aang's like, oh shit. And he's like trying to fly away. Um, He, he finds out right away. He pulls out his glider, tries to fly away and realizes, I can't airbend. But he did get like a pretty good distance on that glider without any yeah. airbending, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. This dragon is kind of weird because it's like a traditional Chinese dragon, but it also has wings. The wings look kind of silly to me. Yeah, they do look They're really like weird. They're kind of tiny. It's kind of like the end of A Bug's Life, how the caterpillar guy is just <laughs> turns into a butterfly, but it's just the same caterpillar, but with tiny little wings on top. The wings on this dragon are, are huge. But it's it's really funny when you think about how wings are considered like arms. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because like if you think about a bat, mm-hmm. it has the arms kind of coming out. Yeah. And little fingies. Yeah, the fingies. So it has like these huge skinny arms coming out of its back. Like imagine if birds had little fingies. I would kind of want that. I would love that. God, imagine... Imagine little finches coming up to our little bird feeder <laughs> and they're just, up. they're like grabbing the seeds with their <laughs> little hands and like put it in his mouth. Love that. Love it. We are very pro animals having hands and fingies. The dragon gets right up to Aang and touches his forehead with a little whisker and offers him a vision. Uh, Aang realizes this dragon is actually Roku's spirit, spirit guide. Like Appa is to him. So Aang asks the dragon to take him to Roku. They fly off. They fly over Iroh and the HFOs. H. Heavy fire officers. Huge fucking ostriches. Okay. Iroh sees them. Yeah. I was sort of mentioning this while we were watching the episode, but there's like, I think it's just kind of later in the show Iroh mentions, or I think it's actually, I'm not sure if it's in this show or if it's in Korra, but Iroh talks about how he always kind of has like a foot in the spirit world and he has like a weird connection with it. Something about it shakes him up, I guess. And he suddenly realizes, I'm not going to be a prisoner, Uh, tells the earthbenders that are imprisoning him that his shackles are a little too loose and they're like too loose he's like yeah too loose tighten him up for me daddy (laughs) (laughs) i mean 
you're not too far off because he's talking in a weird voice and is like, oh, these shackles are a little bit too loose. Would you, would you mind tightening them up for me? Hate that. When they go to tighten them, Iroh breathes some hot air onto them, burns the earthbender's hands, which, woof. Mm. That earthbender is never going to be able to like use his hands ever again. Yeah. You ever touch a hot thing, Summer? Yes. It's hot. On the... Positive side, this earthbender can commit any crimes he wants. No fingerprints. (laughs) Iroh does some pretty good firebending with his feet, despite being, like, completely chained up. He's handcuffed and footcuffed. And then he just rolls over the side of a cliff. Irobot. Roll out. The dragon brings Aang to a temple in the Fire Nation. From what we can tell, it looks very fiery. The Fire Nation... It's on a volcano. That, too. <laughs> I forgot about that. I was going to say, like, the Fire Nation buildings all look, like, very kind of, like, traditionally tri- Chinese with, like, the, the like, sort of pagoda style. Yeah. Which is how you can kind of identify them compared to the other buildings. But it is also on a volcano. Isn't it kind of... I thought it was, like, sort of Japanese looking. Half of Japanese culture comes from China. It's fine. That's true. They're flying extremely fast. And this dragon is just, like, going straight through walls and shit. They arrive in a room in the temple where there's, like, a statue of Roku. Uh, The dragon shares a couple more visions about a comet. (laughs) That's about all we get about the comet. There's just a comet. And then we see, like, a sort of, like, a... How would you describe it? The the light thing. It's, uh... It's just a time lapse of this room. You know that part in Indiana Jones where there's like a light shining down onto like some staff or something. There's sort of a same little setup in this room where there's like a little jewel hole that focuses a beam of light from the sun. And it's going to be changing around all the time because the earth rotates around the sun in a weird kind of way. There's, yeah, there's like a time lapse of this light coming in day by day through the little hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. And every day gets a little bit closer to like Roku's forehead. Like he's taking a little nap and then he gets, he just gets awoken by a little sweet little beam of light. These are all visions that the dragon is sharing with Aang, sort of like, these are the important things. There's a comet and then the time lapse of this light coming through and at some point it's going to reach Roku. And Aang deduces, oh, I need to come back when the light reaches the statue, and then I can talk to Roku. It's like, I'd love to hang out, but gotta get my boy. This scene, both of the times that we watched the episode this week, yeah, gave me goosebumps. Because of the, yeah. I think it's the music in this scene. Yeah. It's it's so good. The The music in this show gets, it gets like kind of corny sometimes, but then like, Sometimes it just goes really hard. When you watch the scene, you feel like something incredible and powerful is happening. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. It's so Epic. Good. After Iroh rolled down that hill, we see the earthbenders uh, sliding down the cliff. After them, they're doing funky little swerves. Yeah. <laughs> they could go straight down, but if synchronized skiing was a sport, this is what they would be doing. They reach Iroh kind of at the bottom of the cliff because... <laughs> He had a great plan up to this point, but then didn't really figure out what to do when he got to the bottom. It was like, I'll just keep rolling home. (laughs) I'll just roll, rolling, rolling all the way. This old man goes rolling home. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the song is about. It's about Iroh just trying to get (laughs) the thing about. The edgy theory about the old man is that he's handcuffed and footcuffed and he has to roll home. And also he's in purgatory the whole time. And he's in a snow globe. That man was Albert Einstein. (laughs) When they reach him, they say that they have to do something now, immediately and severely. I feel like the audience, at least I, was like feeling inclined to uh, assume that they meant like kill him, Mm -hmm. which is... (laughs) <laughs> really dark, again, for a kid's show. Katara is riding Appa, looking around for her friends. And Zuko sees them, sees Katara and Appa, while he's tracking Iroh. And he has to decide which path to take. Do I follow the bison? 
to the Avatar, or do I go and rescue my uncle? Classic trolley problem. Classic Robert Frost problem. I thought they were the same thing. Robert Frost wrote the the trolley problem. (laughs) Yeah, I came across... A path with two roads. With One of two them, tracks. With two with two roads. One of them had a dude laying on them. And one of them had five dudes laying on them. Should I trample the one dude or should I, I body slam all five of the dudes? I took the road less peopled, more problematic. Less trolley problem. <laughs> I can't think of anything funny to say. Aang is dropped back off at Haybai's veiny ass totem. This guy has got some cholesterol problems. When Aang returns to his body, he gets brought back to this bear and his body is sitting on the top of the bear. Mm-hmm. How, last, did he, how did he get there? Last we saw him, he was like passed out on the foot of the bear. <laughs> I, I love the visual, mm-hmm. the visualization while Aang is in the spirit world. His body is just yeah. scrambling <laughs> slowly. What I was imagining is he passed out, he goes into like a really quick avatar state, and then like that song plays, and he like quickly scrambles to the top of the bear, and he like starts meditating, and then he goes in the spirit world, and then the music just stops. He returns to the village without Sokka. Katara is a little bit bummed that Sokka's not with them, but... Aang just says, nope, I, I didn't find him. Sorry. It was like, oh shit, I forgot. Sokka. So, oh, Sokka? <gasps> Sokka, right, right. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be right back. They're about to crush Iroh's hands. There's something about this sort of like cellar door phrase. It's not even like the aesthetic of the phrase, but just how it feels. He says, these dangerous hands must be crushed. (laughs) These dangerous hands must be crushed. These dangerous hands must be crushed. Yeah, the pentameter of that phrase is good in the mouth. It is iambic pentameter. pentameter. Really? Yeah. These dangerous hands must be... No, that's not. (laughs) (laughs) These dangerous hands... If These you do a pause. Dangerous hands and they're orange. So Iroh's hands are like on top of this rock and he's like kind of like splayed out there. So there has to be a scene beforehand where he's like, okay, go on this rock. And like all the other soldiers are like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Just wait. And it's like, he picks up a big rock and it's like, put your hands there. And it's like, what are you doing? And it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you now. These dangerous hands must be crushed. <laughs> but. Zuko shows up. Just as Iroh planned, I guess? I think Iroh had kind of, well, I don't know. Was he like bound to the ground or like to this rock? He was definitely, yes. There was some kind of like a handcuff situation. Well, he was handcuffed last time. He could just roll away again. (laughs) They'd be like, dang it, I forgot (laughs) he could still do that. Zuko shows up takes down a couple of these people who are holding Iroh captive. They sort of regroup in the middle. They're just surrounded by the other earthbenders. One of the earthbenders says, you know, give up. You're clearly outnumbered. And Iroh's like, the music goes silent. And Iroh's like, well, you're clearly outmatched. Zuko and Iroh, who is still naked, uh, get into a bending fight with these sons of guns. Iroh makes a noodle sword. Out of a chain, starts mm-hmm. swinging it around. It makes me think that Iroh probably does like actual martial arts, like not just like bending stuff. All this like fancy fighting stuff, it's not, he's not doing any bending that much. Yeah, but the bending comes from martial arts. And not only that, but we learn later that he knows some water bending. So he's clearly That's like, true. He's, he's very martial art intelligent. Yeah, that is kind of like a water bending kind of style where you just take a couple of a couple of whippy things and you just swing them around. Zuko somehow takes down like 10 guys at once despite there only being 5 there. Iroh uses his chains like little slappy hands to grab one of these dudes. Zuko heats up the air so much that someone's glasses get all fogged up. Iroh uses his chains to create a choker, um, puts it on his own neck, does a catwalk Mm -hmm. down the length of this rock area, and just his incredible sense of naked fashion stuns the enemies into a stupor, and they take them all out in one fell swoop. 
Um, Iroh then throws his chains at Zuko. Zuko grabs the chains. They start spinning them around. Double Dutch. And they start saying, Cinderella, dressed in yellow, went to town to meet a fella. How many fellas did she town? The earthbenders jump in. They start yeah. They start jump, ro- jump roping. Counting. Iroh breathes his hot breath onto the chains and burns them all alive. They're they're doing it so fast that all the metal spinning around is just basically a wall and the heat just becomes an oven and they just kind of bake them. Zuko starts a fire, puts a pot on it, throws in some veggies. He gets the potatoes out too early, not enough time, throws them like rocks. Iroh throws his chains at Zuko. Again, but this time he's just twirling him. He's just like swirling him around in chains until Zuko is completely bound in these chains. Iroh says, ha, it's like marriage. Am I right, fellas? All of the earthbenders, they just walk away. They walk away. They walk away, except for one. He says, it is like marriage. You should meet my wife. That guy just dies on the spot. He dies on the spot because Iroh unravels Zuko extremely quickly with the chains and Zuko just spins rapid fire at him and Zuko dies also. They collide. No! <laughs> Back at the village, Aang is ready to face Heibai again. Heibai shows up. Aang touches his forehead with his hand. He gives it a little pat. Yeah, before Heibai can do too much damage to the village. He does destroy another another yeah. building. And I'm thinking, like, how fast are these earthbenders at, like, just rebuilding homes? <laughs> it should, this whole town should be destroyed by now. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking maybe that he got this forehead idea from his interactions with Roku's dragon. Because Roku was sort of transmitting all this information through Aang's forehead. And I think the little light in the fire temple was reaching Roku's forehead. And Aang thought, okay, the spirit area is the Mm -hmm. forehead. I've learned so much in my spirit journey. Mainly one thing. Spirit is stored in the forehead. When he touches Heibai's forehead, he sees the actual spirit within the monster. And it's just a panda bear. Yeah. It's a cute, well, it's a Big panda it's a bear. Big panda. It's a really big panda bear. Aang realizes that Heibai is the spirit of the forest that this village is in. It makes me think if real animals are kind of like the mythical creatures of this world. It's sort of like how alligators are like the magical creatures of our world. It's true. I'm from Florida, but I've never actually seen a full alligator. I yes, think. you have. Have I? We went on that NASA tour when we were... Oh the, yeah, there were some alligators. And they they stopped the tour specifically to point out some alligators. Or okay. I, there just might have been one just sitting by the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me wonder if like they just placed these alligators on the side of the road mm. on the NASA tours. These poor alligators that live by Kennedy Space Center that just get obliterated every time there's a rocket launch. Oh no! Ang realizes that the spirit is just angry because... Their home was burned down. The reason that it turns back into a panda is that Aang kind of explains the same thing that Guitara was telling him. Why is it so easy to say Guitara on accident? It just rolls off the tongue Guitara. better. Aang places an acorn down, like in front of the spirit, and the spirit, still in its monster form, his huge, absolutely huge fingies. Pick up this tiny little acorn, and it it does take a bit of effort. Like, if you ever try picking up a grain of sand right after you clip your nails, fingy's too round. (sighs) Hey, Bai takes the acorn and hears Aang's logic and understands it the same way Aang did when Katara explained it. And he turns back into a, a regular old panda. Well, a big, 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 big panda. And he leaves the village. As he walks off, he leaves a cute little bamboo forest in the entrance of the village. All of the lost people who were kidnapped, they come back through the bamboo, and they don't seem to have any idea of what happened while they Mm. were gone. Sokka says, that was weird. Uh, I really have to use the bathroom. He's only been gone for 24 hours, confirmed by Katara. Mm -hmm. One of these people has been 
there for like at least three days. Probably more like four. And all of them are just soaked in piss. <laughs> Later, the old guy, the mayor, thanks them for their help. And he wishes that he could do something to show them his gratitude. Sokka says, well, you could give us some supplies and money. <laughs> Sokka is canonically not a gamer yet, but he sure has the gamer attitude. Yeah, he's got the MMORPG, like... He's got that mindset. Katara is, like, kind of annoyed with Sokka's bluntness here, but the mayor, <laughs> the, I guess the town in general, they oblige. And later, Katara says that she's proud of Aang, and he explains that he got some help from uh, Roku's dragon, and he kind of tries to relay the information that he got he um there's like a little bit of a flashback or like a, a little peek into ang's mind where he's remembering the vision of the comet and i just want to mention i don't know if it's just like the blu-ray quality or whatever but the sound of this flaming comet hurtling through space in this mm -hmm. flashback scene is so loud and yeah. terrifying. <laughs> it, is, it sounds very HD. Like the flashback thing has like little filters in it. It's like... It's, it's scary. This is a it's, scary episode. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary episode, yeah. They need to talk to Roku by going to the temple at the solstice, which apparently is tomorrow. Has, solstice is tomorrow. Yeah, it hasn't really been mentioned explicitly like that until this point. The island that they also have to go to is in the Fire Nation, which which we know, but Aang relays this information. It's a, it's a good way to end the episode. Like, mm -hmm. It's in the Fire Nation. And it plays a little Fire Nation bam, bam, thing. Bam. Fire Nation. <laughs> the end. And this is only part one of uh, an oh, episode, yeah. which I tend to forget because it's it feels very self-contained. Yeah, it's it's like a very solid episode. It doesn't do like a cheap thing where it just ends with like this huge kind of cliffhanger the whole plot like the most of the plot is pretty much resolved for this episode are you ready to do some character stuff yes would you like to start i'll start so are we doing iroh we're doing iroh <clears throat> okay iroh on saturday wait no wrong wording iroh it's Saturday. You're on an adventure, lost in a good book, at the beach, working out, catching up on TV, at brunch, with friends, or at the dog park. My first reaction would be watching TV. Okay. Iru's at a sushi restaurant. His go-to order is vegetable roll, dragon roll, spicy tuna roll, or selection of sashimi. Dragon roll, dragon roll, dragon roll, dragon roll, dragon roll, dragon roll, dragon roll. Being a true master is his dream attainable, not worth the trouble, or impossible. I'm going to say firebending master. Being a true firebending master is attainable. Attainable. Iroh's friend would describe him as kind courageous, protective, spacey, funny, lovable, hot-headed, shy. Probably lovable. Iroh's favorite animal is dog, lion, cat, or horse. Lion. Yeah. Iroh loves the rain, true or false. Hmm. Mm. That's a, a tricky. Trick yeah, that's a tricky one. Because he's a firebender, but... I think, seems... he, I think he loves the rain. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he would be, like, open to, like all sort of natural phenomenons. Pick a color, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, silver. Yellow. Yellow. Iroh's catchphrase is, anything is possible, dreams come true, laughter is the best medicine, speak your mind. Laughter is the best medicine. I'm gonna be doing some translating for this question. Um, What's the location that uh, Iroh would like? Uh, a castle of dreams, a little a little pirate island, kind of uh, like a palace, a pirate ship, a big natural field, an enchanted forest with a castle in it, a more industrial place with a castle in it, or a magical world, a whimsical and magical world. That one. That one? Whimsical, okay. magical world. Yeah. Final question. 
chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate, definitely. Chocolate. Here's the Kingdom Hearts character that Iroh is. <laughs> Great. Iroh is Ventus from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. You breeze through life with a smile on your face. True. And enjoy every day, no matter what obstacles are in your way. Correct. Experience even more adventures with Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix now available. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been the biggest challenge in the Meadowvoles life so far? Wait, it's a multiple choice. Oh, <laughs> why can't I do an essay question? Overcoming differences with friends, forgiving others sometimes, being who I really am, having others take me seriously. Having others take me seriously. He's trying to warn Iroh. Why do people underestimate you? They actually overestimate me. <laughs> they think I don't have a backbone. They think I can't do what they can. Or they don't think I handle problems well. They don't think that I can do what they can. Which of these does the meadow vole care the most for? Earth, nature is the most important. Water, packs a mighty punch. Fire, it's destructive but powerful when controlled. Or air, our supply for living and flying. Earth. What does the meadow vole value the most? Protecting their loved ones no matter what the cost. Honor and Everything that comes with it, the well-being of others, or fighting for what I believe. Fighting for what I believe. When frustrated by a problem, the meadowvole tends to keep to itself, no use in bothering others, try to think it through, blow up and apologize later, or talk it out with friends and family. Talk it out with friends and family. How would the meadowvole define their personality? Easygoing, maybe a bit sarcastic, comedic. They're the life of the party. Determined, maybe a bit too much, or kind, but not afraid to kick some butt. Determined. When the meadow vole is upset, where do they go? To their room where they can be alone? Outside, maybe take a walk? I'll stay where I am and figure it out? Or around my friends and family? Probably to their room. Just a little hole in the ground somewhere. Which saying speaks the most to the meadow vole? They can't take away your courage, and it is your courage they should truly fear. The only thing better than finding something is finding it at a bargain. I beat you all before, I'll do it again, or I'm gonna make a difference this time. I'm gonna make a difference this time. The Meadowvol has been through this situation yeah. <laughs> more than once. They probably get a lot of people in this hot spring. Cold spring. It's probably a firebender trap. Is the meadow vole the type to hold a grudge? Yes, though I try not to. Nope, it's not really my style. Depends on the circumstances, or definitely it takes me a long time to get over things. I'd say it depends on the circumstances for this little mole vole. Metal How does the meadow vole react when they feel as if they've been defeated? They feel like it's their fault. They try to see through it and realize it's not the end of the world. They get up and start again, no use whining about it, or they take it hard, and it can take a few days for them to recover. They get up and start again. The meadow vole is mm -hmm. tough. <laughs> okay. This was a quiz to find out which avatar the last airbender <laughs> character the meadow vole was. Well, it's a bad quiz because it didn't get the meadow vole. <laughs> People often underestimate you, but you always manage to prove them wrong. At times, you may be a bit rough around the edges and have a hard time showing affection, but you care deeply for your loved ones. This Meadowvol truly is a toff. I have a few questions for you. Okay, go if, ahead. If you're interested. I'm a little interested. Avatarspirit.net user Turtle Duck asks, Capturing Bossing Say. How hard can it be? I don't think it can be that hard. It took Iroh 600 days and he still didn't do it. He was just trying to like break in. But if you just go inside and then you become an influential person. So like a Korra situation with uh, Anonymous. What was their actual name? We never found out they were Anonymous. What was? Okay. You capture the hearts and minds of Ba Sing Se with your thought-provoking ideas. PG15 asks, geez, magic animals? What is this, a Pokemon rip? Yes, magic animals. 
the panda thing, the panda spirit. I don't know. Magic animals. Are they talking about like the the animorphs? You mean hybrids, not animal. I don't think this person knows what Pokemon is. Nandirea asks, does Zuko count as a pet? <laughs> he is kind of like, uh, like a stray cat that you kind of like adopt because you keep feeding them. To whom? Iroh has been feeding Zuko cat food and Iroh doesn't really own Zuko, but he essentially has a pet Zuko and Zuko is free to leave and stuff whenever he wants, but he just kind of chooses not to. He just sticks around. If he showed up at my doorstep, despite the fact that pets aren't loud at this <laughs> complex, I would let him in. So that's all I have to say about that. Put him in a little tank. Cats that show up, I put them in a tank. <laughs> Noah, what are your cabbages? Here are my cabbages. Lots of fantasy fashion, like capes and cool boots and floppy witch hats, but it's got like baseball cap brim. Uh, gender neutral bathrooms, just being default. Uh, less meat consumption. Uh, just a more streamlined system for podcasts on both ends. Better and more functional and affordable underwear. Uh, a drone Roomba that kind of dusts the surfaces in your home. It just kind of flies around and dusts it around. And uh, Heelys, but they're like hoverboards, so you're flying around. Plants that don't require water. Wine that doesn't get you drunk. But it does, but it doesn't make you sick. <laughs> Hair dye that lasts until you want it to not last anymore. Phones that work? <laughs> I don't know about that. Amiibos that can turn into real people that I can hug. Video games that <laughs> wait, I can- Wait, wait. goes. Video games that you can be in. <gasps> wait, we have that. <gasps> Free healthcare? Women's rights? <laughs> Human rights in general. Equal rights. Rights. Summergeist. The ability to sleep just for a solid week. <laughs> and those are our- cabbages do you have anything that you want to say about this episode that hasn't already been said no uh i say this a lot but it's a good episode yeah it actually it's start <laughs> it's picking back up now as we were watching it i was like damn this is an episode that for sure you would watch and think now here's a show i can get into mm -hmm. time to plug you can find me on twitter at stellar ghost you can find me on tumblr at interstellar princess uh, my art blog on Tumblr is Summer Art or just summergeist.art. It's October, which means um, I've been doing a lot more artwork lately. So please check it out. We'll also be at the Ren Fair this weekend again, if you're in Spokane. This year, we're going to be doing uh, Adventure Zone and The Name of the Wind costumes at the Ren Fair, which are going to be fun. You can support my many creative endeavors on Patreon. That's just patreon.com slash summergeist. What's up with you, Noah? Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at owldude.tumblr.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at owldude. I also do music at noahdoesmusic.tumblr.com as well as noahgeist.bandcamp.com. Um, I've also been posting a lot more music recently because I'm doing a, a thing with Summer. She's doing an art piece every day of the month for October, and I'm doing a little tiny music piece for each artwork that Summer is doing. And it's a lot, and I would like to sleep sometimes. <laughs> you can see both of us very active on our music and art and it feels like a mistake. Noah's pieces that he's been doing for my sketches this month have been really good. I cannot emphasize how beautiful they are. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Noah. You're so good at what you do. Thanks. Thanks for giving me free album art. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we need to mention noisebase.xyz, our wonderful host website where you can find all of the wonderful podcasts in our network. We haven't done anything about Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, we introduced that we had a little teaser last time. You're right. Give me a break with a Cabbage Patch Kid. <laughs> Did you ever have the Cabbage Patch Kid? I've seen them around. Did your friends I've met your a few. siblings ever have any? I had I didn't have any, but my aunt had one and I loved it so much. I just remember its hands cuz I don't know if you know this about Cabbage Patch Kids. 
but their bodies are cloth. I, they have little cloth bodies. Their hands are like made out of cloth. They're like just like squishy and stuff, right? I mean, they're made out of cloth. Isn't their whole thing is that they're born from cabbages? Yeah, they come they come up from the ground. Their heads are like little cabbages, and you like pluck them out of the ground. Are cabbages vegan? Hey, what's the difference between cabbage and lettuce? Uh, cabbage. I thought it was like a pastel lettuce that's like a little more I thought, chewy. I thought lettuce was a pastel cabbage. Oh shit. all of the earthbenders up into a little group. He tells them, you're in class now, time to learn. And then he just cooks them alive. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's a very irrelevant lead up, I guess. Zuko brings his new girlfriend into the arena. He says, this is my new girlfriend, Jeshwella. <laughs> he kicks one of them in the groin. This is some very first drafts. <laughs> You're really starting stuff and then just giving up. 